What's up, everyone? Welcome to our first episode of Sip and Sports. I'm Dave. This is Chris. How's it going, everybody? Welcome to the first episode. Today, we're going to give you a little intro on kind of our background in sports, our history, give us give you a little bit of information on what we've done before. Then we're going to go into our beer and seltzer review, first one ever. And then after that, we'll dive into a little bit of the March Madness analysis, tell you some teams that we like, who we think could make a run at it, and then we'll finish up with some recap on our sports picks of the week, and that'll be it. So to start off, Dave, give us a little intro on kind of your sports background, and we'll go from there. Yeah, absolutely. So I grew up playing about pretty much every sport, kind of like a lot of kids did, from basketball to baseball, soccer, and a little golf here and there. Um, I would say... My favorite sport by far was definitely baseball. Played that in college at St. Mary's. Uh, still love to play baseball, beer league, softball, as well as golf with the fellas. So pass back to Chris to talk about his favorite sports growing up. I would say, like Dave, I played pretty much every sport growing up. Soccer, basketball, baseball were definitely the highlights. Dabbled with a little football, but realized that hitting people and getting hit were not my cup of tea. So... Definitely spent more time on basketball and baseball, played both growing up all the way through high school, and then finished out playing basketball at Gustavus. Great time. Um, Some of my lifelong friends are from sports, Um, but if you had to choose, Dave, Mm -hmm. what are kind of your top one to two things that are your most favorite things about sports? Yeah, absolutely. So I would say one of my top things about sports is just obviously the competitive nature. Um, Come from a pretty competitive family, but also just in a good competitive spirit, like to compete, like to win. And it's always a good time. And I would say another thing I really enjoy is just kind of the team aspect, kind of like you talked about. A lot of my close friends from high school, college and beyond are kind of still the people I hang out with, still who we golf with, baseball, softball, maybe go shoot some hoops. So I definitely think that. one of the, my top sports moments, I would say, probably in my lifetime, um, was hitting my first hole-in-one in golf. Uh, I was a sophomore in college, and I actually didn't know I hit it. And one of our friends, Alec Knope, told me I hit it in. And next thing you know, my club went flying. So it's pretty cool. But uh, what about you? What, what attracted you to sports so much? I think the biggest thing was, one, is it was a physical activity. It got, my, got me moving growing up. My f- fun fact. My first word was ball, so I think it was kind of destiny at, <laughs> from that point on. Um, but I would say one of the biggest things is just the lifelong lessons and the things that relate to life from sports. I think is huge. Working hard, um, putting in the work to be successful, I think it translates extremely well to just life after sports now that we both are done playing competitively. Um, but I would say my top sports moment, I'm sure plenty of you know, this is winning state championship, uh, with my high school baseball team. We grew up together, played together pretty much from when we were 12 on. And so it was an extremely, uh, proud moment, but also kind of a full circle, um, great way to end playing baseball. Love that. Yeah. Um, so next we're jumping into the beer and seltzers. Yeah, absolutely. I know, like you said, now that we're kind of retired athletes, a lot of us like to enjoy a few beverages. So um, me being more of a seltzer guy, the one I brought is the Press. It's called Lingonberry Elderflower. So never had it before. It could be a little interesting. I know you're not much of a seltzer guy, but what beer did <laughs> you bring? Okay. Um, we're going to dive in and we'll just try it out. Uh, today... We're going to be reviewing the Super Deluxe Premium Lager from Modest Brewing Company. It's a local brewery here in Minneapolis. Um, But the background, it gives a little description as a dry, crisp Japanese-style lager brewed with extra premium Pilsner malt rice and Sriracha Ace hops. So it's a little spicy. Okay. So we'll see how it goes. Um, By no means are we experts in the... Beer and seltzer review game. <laughs> However, we like to try different kinds and we'll just kind of go from there. Absolutely. All right, so. 
And also, I know that there are plenty of people in the past that have made fun of my pouring ability. However, I did look it up specifically for you, and it says to have a little bit of foam on the top for the best taste. So, can confirm he did look that specifically up. Specifically to those <laughs> that mentioned it. This is pretty much a perfect pour. Thank you very much. Yeah. All right, so. Which one you want to go with first? Let's go with the seltzer. All right, so this is the lingonberry elderflower. It's not terrible. I would say, I don't know, I don't really know what a lingonberry is, but it doesn't taste like any of the berries that I've ever had, so. It's a little different, but this is actually—it's actually pretty good. I'm not. I mean, a, yeah, I don't. I know you're not a seltzer seltzers. guy, so this. However, is, this actually has decent flavor. Yeah, I know a lot of seltzers. People get there's not a lot of flavor. There's definitely some flavor there. Um, what would you say? One to ten. Yeah, I can't put a finger on exactly the berries that. It is. Obviously, mm -hmm. it's lingonberry, but... I mean, what, who, I don't think we the, know what that is. For the general... <laughs> Population. Yeah. yeah. <laughs> it's... Like, I don't think I've ever gone to the store to get lingonberry, so I don't no. know what it is. But no. I would say, I mean, if we were obviously giving our review, which, like Naram said before, we're no experts, but we do like to try different, I would say it's probably about a 7.1. Um, I would drink it again. I don't know... I mean, it's one of the better seltzers out there, I would say. So, what about you? I would say we're going to go with 8.2. Wow. There's not too much carbonation, which I like. Yep. The flavor is good. Mm -hmm. It's not too overpowering. And don't get me wrong, I'm not going to drink <laughs> five of these. But I think that I could drink one. Casually. And be okay with it. Yeah, it's almost like it's it's one of those, and I know seltzers are kind of the new thing, but it, it does taste like one of those things where if you just wanted one or two, you could easily casually have a few of, I mean, this kind in particular. And yeah. So, all yeah. right, so that's the... That's actually a pretty good bear. way to start the seltzer. Well, yeah, especially, that was the big thing is Naram's not a big seltzer guy, so we had to make sure we got the cream we're of the crop start, to start we're hot. We're starting strong. With an 8.2? yeah. And I said a 7.1. Wow. Okay. All right. So now this is yours. Next, the Super Deluxe Premium Lager. I've never had it. Dave, I don't think, has had no, it. No, I cannot say I have. So I usually stick to Bush Light, McGolden Lights, that kind of stuff. So <laughs> The cream of the crop. <laughs> All right. Let's give it a try. Okay. Huh? It's a Japanese style lager, huh? Yeah. What's your first impression? Mm. I mean, definitely tastes like a brewery beer, obviously coming from the brewery, but mm -hmm. I definitely think it's one of those that it's kind of similar to um, what we talked about with the seltzer, I would say for my sake, like I could drink one or two. It's more like, hey, we're at a brewery playing cards with some friends. This is something I could drink. Not too dark, mm -hmm. pretty light. I mean, that's kind of when I look for beers, particularly kind of my cup of tea. So, yeah. Yeah, I would say it's not too strong or overpowering mm -hmm. in your mouth. It's easy to drink. Um, and like Dave said, I think that I could drink one to two to three at a brewery and feel pretty good right. about drinking them it's not going to hit you in the stomach or anything like that yeah it doesn't fill you up it's kind of lighter so it's definitely i think from our experiences drinking it's more of our cup of tea for sure a typical lager yeah so i mean what's your review what would you say ranking or rating wise mm -hmm. mm, we're gonna go with a I think we'll go with a 7.1. It might not be my favorite beer. Um, 
It's easy to drink, but I feel like there may be others that could, that I could drink it a little easier. Mm-hmm. Um, if I got two at a brewery, there's a, probably some that I could drink a little easier, one to the two versus um, with this one. Yeah, what and I think? yeah, I agree. I mean, like I said, um, it's definitely the brewery beer, but like you said, definitely could have two, three, and be perfectly fine. You can't, It's not like, it's pretty light. So I would say, probably I would say a 7.5. Um, I did enjoy it. I think it's pretty good. I mean, I've never really experienced a lot of lagers, and I don't know about this brewery, but from what I just tasted, it definitely tastes like something that I would get at a brewery for sure. Uh-huh. So It's a pretty strong start, I would say. Yeah, some would say we start might have peaked. Yeah. A little too early, but at the beginning. they're not all going to be like that, that's for sure. Yep. I'm sure there will be plenty that we can pass on. Yeah, there will be that. plenty that we take a sip and put it to the side for sure. All right, everyone. So now that we're done with the beer and seltzer reviews, we're going to jump into the world of sports betting. To start, we're going to give a brief overview of what sport, sports betting is, some common ways to do it. And then as we move forward, we'll get a little bit deeper into some other ways that you can do it. So to start, Dave, hit it off. Yeah, absolutely. So there's three different ways. Um, Well, there's a lot of ways, but the three main ways are you can do money line, you can do over-unders, and you can do spread. So the easiest one is just the money line one, which if you just basically pick a team to win. So if your team is heavy favorites, the odds will be a little bit less, but you're just picking a straight up winner. Uh, The second one is the over-unders. Sometimes people like to do this because it's basically you're just taking the total score of the two teams combined. If you bet the over, you want it to go over that points. If it's under, obviously you want them to go under that points. So um, now I'll pass it actually back to Naram to talk more about in-depth about spreads. It's a little more complicated. So he'll kind of go through an example and teach you guys what that is about. So, Yeah, so spreads, a little bit more complicated. But what it's doing is it's essentially evening the playing field. So to use an example, so if team A is a, is the stronger team, they're going to be m- minus a spread. Say they're minus five. That means that that is the favorite um, when they're playing team two, which their spread would be plus five in that regard. So all you need to think about when looking at the spreads is – If a team has a spread of minus five at the end of the game, if you subtract five points to their ending score, does that new score equal a win for them? If it does, then that spread bet would win. If it doesn't, then that would be a loss. Same thing with the underdog. You're going to see a spread of plus a certain number at the end of the game. If you add whatever the spread was, five was the example that I use. If you add five points to the ending score, does that team now win with that new score? If yes, then the bet wins. If no, then the, then it loses. So, yeah. And to add on to Naram's point too. Um, so like if in his example, plus five, you can also have what's called a push. So it's giving you this buffer of five points. And so let's say the final score is 50 to 45, you would technically push either way. So you won't make any money. You won't lose any money, vice versa. But then also what there's also half points, I guess. So it could be 5.5. That's a little more complicated, but that just means that you need them to essentially win by six or more or lose by six or less. So that was what Naren was talking about there. Yep. The half, the half points essentially take out the ties or the pushes. Yep. Absolutely. Perfect. So hopefully that gives you a little bit of an idea of some common ways to sports bet. Like mentioned before, we'll get into some other ways to do it down the line. So keep on listening, definitely. But to to train to change gears here next, um, although the NCAA March Madness tournament will be on everybody's minds and what most people will be talking about a lot, we want to briefly hit on some of the other things happening in the world of sports most notably NFL free agency trades, that sort of thing. So Dave. Yeah, absolutely. So I know, I think once March 1st hits, a lot of people are very interested in like never said March madness, but 
following the NFL and trying to tracking it. I know a lot of people are interested in that. So I think a big thing with the free agents is like Tom Brady's back. I don't know if anyone really saw that coming, but I think probably saw Aaron Rodgers come back and kind of wants to put it back to him. And there's been a lot of other free agents, Kirk Cousins coming back to the Vikes, good or bad. That's just kind of how we're going to deal. So a lot of people are getting a lot of money, but it should be an interesting offseason for sure. I think I think a fair amount of people thought that Brady was going to come back. Especially not after not winning the Super Bowl. I mm-hmm. think it was like one of those, hey, I'm going to take some time off because recover and maybe see if I can handle this, but he's built for the field. I mean, he just has yeah. to be. He's it's just weird like- to even think like, he won't play like in our lifetime we won't he'll mm-hmm. retire like we've only known when he's and he's played as long as almost we've been alive yeah just crazy yeah it's crazy it he seems like somebody that wouldn't want to quit until he's going out on top yeah 100 and i think i mean maybe it could be a year i know obviously he's probably going to sign year contracts or whatever he's going to sign but i think yeah, if he goes out on top, even then, I think it's just still one of those things. Like, you have to drag that. Do you think he would come back if he wins the Super Bowl? Uh, actually, yeah, probably not to play, but I think he'll be part of a coaching staff or some kind of – he'll stay around football forever. I mean, he just – that's just – he has an amazing story. He has a lot of background in football, so. Mm-hmm. But, he's played in yeah. for so long, like you mentioned. That's what I'm saying. We don't know anything besides, but – um. Yeah, so now let's transition, I guess, to what everyone wants to talk about in March. So let's talk about the March Madness brackets that just came out um, after Selection Sunday. So I'll pass it back to you, Nard, if you want to start with uh, with that. Yeah, absolutely. So I think the first thing to note is the teams that didn't make it into the tournament. The mm-hmm. last, the first four out, if you will, those being Dayton, Oklahoma. SMU and Texas A&M. So some of those teams saw some success this last weekend in their conference tournaments. Um, I think that the, it was clear that the, this last weekend didn't make a huge, um, a huge difference in the seating or um, specifically those teams. I mean, you saw Oklahoma, um win in the big 12 tournament not all the way but they they got it done in in i think it was one game um texas a&m making a run to the to the sec championship smu getting a win and going to the to the semifinals in their tournament so um even though these teams were finding some success in their conference tournaments it didn't it didn't ultimately pay out into a ncaa tournament berth so um Dave, any thoughts on that? And I think that's the biggest thing is it is kind of like one of those things like frustrating. I know we've talked about it, obviously, like outside of the podcast, but like it is frustrating because it's like these teams, maybe that you look on this bracket, like a a Michigan or something like that. It's like they lost in the first round, but they're still, and now you have Indiana who's playing in a playing game. I mean, there's some games too, we'll go obviously more in depth, but I just kind of want to know like what made them pick this team versus this team you have a team like wake forest who was kind of on the edge and then you lose your first round to boston college so like sorry i guess but it's like that team you look at their record and it's like oh man maybe they should be considered but at the end of the day i think everyone's just perfectly fine with this side and now now the fun starts so that's for sure yeah the best time of the year 100 100 percent let's let's dive into the west the West region to start here. Um, yeah. Maybe start with some notable matchups here or sorry, notable yeah. news. Yeah, no, absolutely. I mean, notable news. I mean, I don't really have breaking news, but I think everyone's going to look at Gonzaga as the powerhouse. But I think if when I'm looking at this bracket, I think a big matchup to watch is even a first round Vermont versus Arkansas. I mean, Vermont, if you watch their tournament, they beat, they smashed everybody. Granted, I know it's a smaller conference, but they looked like they could play. And then you have a team like Davidson versus Michigan State. I don't know. I mean, you hope that they do well and whatnot, but a very Davidson's interesting a good team too. An interesting fun fact for you. Uh, Davidson's, I believe, starting point guard started at Michigan State. And now really? So maybe a little revenge yeah. game. Yeah. I did not know that. Yeah. yeah. So, so that's, that's crazy. But what about you? Any matchups you're looking forward to, I guess, in the first two rounds here? 
I think an intriguing matchup would be if Gonzaga and Memphis both win their first round matchups. Um, Memphis had won, well, they started the year out 10 and 10. So, um, maybe not 10 and 10, close to it though. Um, and finished the year winning 13 out of 15, some somewhere like that. That's um, crazy, yeah. And so you're hitting a Memphis team who just lost to Houston in the in the American Conference Championship game, and so they're they're on a hot streak. Um, do they have enough to take down Gonzaga? We'll see. But at yeah. least the goal is to be playing your best at the end of the year, right? And Memphis is showing that at least they're coming in. Um, on a hot streak so that is definitely intriguing to me yeah I definitely think too you kind of get a tough matchup I mean Duke's at the bottom like if Michigan State can beat Davidson I think Michigan State is always a tough team to play I mean obviously every year Tom Izzo has those guys ready to play so they know how it feels and Duke's shown their ups and downs I mean they're very talented obviously but they've they've shown that they do have a few holes and even this year with Gonzaga I mean obviously a lot of people are going to pick them to win the championship but they've had a few games too where it's just like whoa so it'll be an interesting out of that side I mean I think a lot of the teams I mean there's not going to be a lot of upsets but I definitely agree that Memphis even the Memphis Boise State game not a lot of people know about Boise State and Mm -hmm. that could be a good game in itself and then they have to play Gonzaga which could also be obviously a lot of fun so Boise State absolute grinders on the defensive end 100% and you I mean Memphis is kind of one of those teams that they don't really like to be pushed around a lot. They kind of just like to play their game. So mm-hmm. it could be very interesting, but I don't know. Do you have anything else on that side or do you want to slide it over to the, the South region here with Arizona? Who do you think is going to come out of this region, make it to the final four? The, the Gonzaga region? Um, I think, uh, I don't know. It's tough to bet against Gonzaga. I do truly think, but, I think if it was to pick a team, I think you got Texas Tech, who's been a tough team. They'd be some pretty good teams, but I, I would probably say it's going to be Gonzaga. I would say Gonzaga, Texas Tech in the Elite Eight to go to the Final Four. I like that. So what about you? Who's your hmm. house call on this bracket? I mean, it's just so hard to you look at it's, Gonzaga and you're like, dude, yeah. it's Gonzaga. I mean, you, that's the team. It's tough. Right? It's tough to go against Gonzaga. I mean, do I think Memphis could give them a run for their money? Yes. Do I think mm-hmm. that they can ultimately win that game? That's a different story. Um, yep. I mean, I'd love to see a Texas Tech Duke game in the in the Sweet 16 um, to to go to the Final Four, or sorry, to go to the Elite Eight. But Elite Eight, um, yeah. I like I like what what you're going with the Gonzaga Texas Tech. <sighs> It's just hard. It's hard to, I mean, and it, let's be honest, like, yeah, sure. Gonzaga, like we said, has a few holes, but at the end of the day, it's, they got some, they got experience. They got good players all around. I mean, you're going to have to play your best. And I don't know, maybe even a team like Arkansas could get hot. But like I said, with Arkansas, they are definitely on my upset alert. Round first round, that. that's the first time. Not easy. And we talked about that before the bracket came out. Who after driver has to play Vermont. Yeah, we were talking about see before that. the it came out. Yeah. I don't even want to see that. that line, that's Whoop. dangerous. Nope, not for me, man. That's not me. So, but the last, yeah, let's the kick last it thing over. I'll, yeah. The last thing I'll note in this mm-hmm. region is Duke Gonzaga did play earlier this year. Duke beat Gonzaga, so they is have that early? shown One of the first few games. Yeah, yep. yeah. So they have shown yeah. that they can they can take down Gonzaga. However, to me, I'm thinking that if that's the matchup to go to the final four, Gonzaga is going to remember that, that early game this year and, and make sure that that doesn't happen again. hundred percent. Yeah. hundred percent. I like it. All right. Let's switch over to the South. Who do you got come or who, what, what kind of matchups do you like over there? South region. Hmm. Um, well, I think one of the most notable things is Arizona, um, Arizona's player who's who has the sprained ankle, um, their guard, that's, that's something to keep an eye on. Um, if he's unable to come back at some point during the tournament, I mean, mm-hmm. will they be okay playing the 16th seed most likely, but as the tournament gets in, I mean, pl- there's been plenty of times that you've seen an eight or a nine seed 
take um take the game against the one seed yeah so yeah um i mean either seton hall or tcu um if he's not if he's not back for that game arizona will probably have the size to um take advantage of inside but having having good guard play in march is always the name of the game for um for being successful so that's something to keep in mind um houston they've been uh they've had some injuries kind of the whole year um they've got some of their better guys that haven't played for most of the season um but yet they won the regular season in the american they won the conference tournament um so they find a way they yeah, find a way no excuses for the houston boys they they just get it done they just um, they're like you said on the other side like with boys state i mean houston seems like they're one of the, their coaches very adamant about it but they play defense and they rebound and yeah. if you don't you're not they gonna are, be on the field they don't care he doesn't care they rebound they like no other. grinders there right. was there was one game that they had this year that they got 15 straight rebounds offensive and defensive it didn't matter they, they crash they crash yeah crash those boards so i mean i agree uh, i agree with you there i think though i'll say this and i think it will be a very fun game to watch but then unfortunately you have to play arizona but that play-in game with Bryant and Wright State is going to be fun to watch. I mean, I know people saw what that point guard Peter Kiss did last game, and he's a fun player to watch, but I don't know, like you said, once you go up against Arizona, it's just yeah. when you have five guys like that, it's it's tough. But I do think a very interesting point of topic to talk about on this side, and I know you're pretty adamant, is Michigan being the 11 seed. I mean, mm-hmm. they had – I mean, they were preseason ranked to be elite, and they were – not elite let's just be honest with each other they were not very good and to get an 11 seed so good colorado state team for sure so i think that'll be a good matchup and then i i love i don't love to see it but loyola chicago versus ohio state that's also going to be a good matchup i think but sister gene you just i don't know i don't know she gets it done i don't get to die i like them i like it ohio state has been a confusing team to me it seems like they are so up and down i can't put my finger on if they're actually a solid team or not yeah and the hard part too is they have great players they i mean they have some returners and stuff and i think some of those returners will remember last year losing to oral roberts in the first round which was pretty devastating for a lot of people's bracket being a number two seat but i don't know they've shown their flaws so i think and then when I look at the second round, I think Houston versus Illinois would be a great matchup. I think that will be a fantastic matchup. Winner will probably go play. I do think Arizona. I think Arizona will have a tough matchup against Seton Hall TCU, but Houston, Illinois will definitely be on my radar. 100% to watch when you have an Illinois team with Kofi Coburn at the low, but you have a bunch of grinders in Houston that they don't care. So, yeah, it'd be interesting, but yeah. I will say that I have Illinois going down in the first round to Chattanooga. So, oh, wow. At least in my bracket, you won't see an Illinois Houston matchup. So, you'll see a Chattanooga Houston matchup then. Yeah. Right. Yep. I will say this too. I mean, I will say this from this last tournament watching UAB play. UAB can score the ball, they can score. And if they get hot, yeah, that's what I'm saying. You get hot at the right time. And I mean, it's kind of like I, reiterated last like with oral roberts and Ohio state last year or oral rap they could not miss they -hmm. could not and some teams just get hot and then unfortunately the time runs out and unfortunately you lost so but i think that for me that side of the bracket is i mean i villanova i think villanova is an average team i like tennessee i think tennessee is kind of peaking at the right time they Mm -hmm. had tough games against texas a&m and stuff in their sec tournament but I think they kind of will kind of walk through that to go to the sweet 16 for sure. So, yeah, the one thing I will say, I agree. Tennessee has been playing very well and they're my pick to go to the elite eight from the bottom portion of this region. However, their guard play has been suspect at times. They don't shoot it very well, especially in, uh, in two point percentage. So when if they play a team like Villanova, who's got Gillespie back as a as a older guard, um, I mentioned I mentioned Absolutely. it before having older guards in March experience, experience they know how matters, to play, man, yeah. 
especially this year when there was no fans last year for March Madness. I think especially the guys that have have been there, um, not only for last year's tournament, but the year prior when there was fans, they kind of know how it is. Um, mm-hmm. Gillespie being one of those. So um, yeah. that. And they're, they're, they're also a team that will just, they always come prepared to. They're kind of like a Michigan State. I mean, they are always in the tournament, but they're, they don't slouch. They, you, you don't necessarily have to worry even no matter what seed they are when they're one two or three they're gonna put it to their team they play and it's a tough matchup for it's unfortunate for delaware but that's just what you're running into yeah so exactly i mean i mean i mean yeah so i know that's kind of a big seed i think i mean i didn't know i would probably not put illinois losing to chattanooga but that's a good upset to watch and i know you're already the seton hall tcu is gonna be a good matchup too those are two tough teams yeah. Unless you always love an eight nine, so you do. Who do you like winning that game? I think Seton Hall will win, but I do think TCU's had some good wins lately. They beat Texas. They've they play in a tough conference. They play hard. So yeah. If they it. get hot, they yeah. I think a lot I think every year when the bracket comes out, the eight nine teams, it's just it's fun to watch, but they're they're the same. They're literally the same. And I know a lot of people who kind of do a lot of brackets are always like, oh, I have to pick an upset, so I'm going to pick a nine over an eight. And it's like usually the nine is probably just as good as the eight, if not better. Good way to it's get just it a number. It's a number. Yeah, it's a number to get in front. And it's also like, okay, so is that really an upset? But that's fun. That's That should be a good side. So who do you have uh, coming out of that side to the final four? I have Tennessee. Tennessee. Even yeah. though they don't shoot it well from two, their guard play has been suspect. I think that – they ride the hot streak that they're coming in on and they get mm-hmm. to get to new Orleans. What about you? Yeah. I, to be honest, I, I don't know. It really, to me, it depends truthfully on Arizona's injuries and obviously there'll be more injuries, but that point guard is a big one, but I don't know. I think whoever wins Houston, Illinois matchup will take down Arizona. I do. I think they're pretty good team. So actually I'm going to go with Illinois advancing playing Tennessee. I do think Tennessee will make it to the elite eight, but I think Illinois is going to scoot on with a pass with them. And we're going to see them in the final four. You think Illinois is going to go to the final four? I do. I think Illinois is going to pick it up. They need to, they, they stunk in the big 10 tournament. They need a little fire under them and their coach might put it under them hopefully. And that side of the bracket though, I will say, I mean, you look at that and when we went over the West region, it's, I mean, Gonzaga has to be a ton of people's favorites, Gonzaga Duke. But this other side on the right, I don't necessarily think the numbers in front of the teams matter as much. There's a lot of good matchups, a lot of potential upsets. So it's going to be exciting on that side for sure. Let's but, uh, let's jump to yeah. the Midwest region here. Any notable yeah. things in uh, on any of those teams? I mean, I think the first notable thing for me is I – I think South Dakota State versus Providence is almost as much of a toss-up as possible. I know a lot of people see a four versus 13, but Providence didn't look very good in their tournament. South Dakota State has won a lot of games. Obviously, it's a different conference, but they're they're a good team, and they're a tough team. They're kind of similar to the 13 we talked about with Vermont. You don't want to see them. Mm-hmm. You don't. And so – I think that will be a good matchup. I do also think I was coming in hot. I think I was playing very well, obviously, after the Big Ten tournament. So I think I was going to make a push. And my last thing it would be the LSU team. How are they going to come out with the interim head coach? That's not the greatest thing to happen right before the biggest tournament. So it seems like LSU always finds a way to make it not about basketball coming into the tournament, <laughs> at least lately. Hundred percent. It's. I mean that that. Yeah. There's and they'll have a second. I think that if they do beat Iowa State, who I do think is a good team, I think Wisconsin's a good team. I hate. I don't. Being the Minnesota fan, I am. I don't want Wisconsin, but it, they're just a good team. They're a bunch of grinders too, and they got Brad Davidson, who's been there for nine years, and so they got experience, and you can't make it up. So. Yeah, it's all the but what about you? Who's your who's your boys out of here? Auburn's a good. I mean, this tide over here too is similar to the similar to the South. There's just I don't think I don't know if Kansas will make it to the Final Four. 
I don't think they'll be they'll make it. I think that it's it's very interesting region. I mean, if you look at the bottom portion of it, you got Iowa State who started the year winning a bunch of games. Um, they're mm-hmm. undefeated, one of the last undefeated teams um, in the country. You got Auburn who started out the year really hot and were were the number one overall rank for many weeks, right? And mm-hmm. both of them are down at the bottom. And then you look at Wisconsin, who might be the best bet out of any of those teams in the bottom part to get to the Elite Eight, right? So I think that it'll be interesting down there. I do see Kansas um, getting to the Final Four, I'm just jumping ahead, just because um, with all those teams down in the bottom, you got Iowa State or LSU, Wisconsin, Auburn, most notably, and all of them have to play each other to get to the elite eight, right? Kansas only has to play one of them. Iowa's coming in hot, but who knows, maybe a South Dakota state team will take them down and, and Kansas doesn't even have to look at, um, look at them. So, um, right. Right. And I, I mean, I, I think, yeah, that's, that's a great point. I think Kansas obviously will have a, I mean, Creighton and San Diego State, I think San Diego State will win, but I do think Kansas will take care of them. But I think Kansas versus Iowa will be a very interesting matchup. Kansas is more kind of let's bang it down low and let's kind of get that. And then we have a few shooters in Iowa is just every guy shoots. I mean, watching the Big Ten tournament with them, it's like, hey, you're open for three. Let's go. Let's just keep and you're you're down. And it's like you watch the game and they're down by seven or they're down by nine right away early to Indiana. And then all of a sudden like this, it's tied up. And it's like they score in bunches. They just – and they have experience too. Jordan Bohannon's been there as long as Brad Davidson. I mean, they're the same. They have to be the same year. It it's crazy. Like, I mean, it seems like that's a common thread with Big Ten guys. <laughs> Big Ten teams. They just – yeah. I mean, man, they just – they love it. And then I do think Auburn-Wisconsin will be a very intriguing matchup. I do. I think it's always intriguing when you get a team – like Auburn that plays Wisconsin, who kind of plays more Big Ten style grinders, will work for buckets. And then you play Auburn, who just is going up and down the court in seconds. I mean, and they're kind of the same way with Bruce Pearl. Shoot it. Let's score 100 points. I don't care. I don't care how we do it. We're scoring 100. So, yeah, they're always fun to bet on. Absolutely. Who for the you... over-under. <laughs> yeah, always <laughs> over for them. Who do you have makes it making it to the Final Four in this region? Uh, I have, uh, I think I'm going to go with Iowa. No, I'm going to go with Auburn beating Iowa. Okay. Auburn beating Iowa to go to the final four. I think, I think Iowa, I think Iowa will have a tough matchup. Like I said, I think I will have a tough matchup against South Dakota state. I think South Dakota state will pull that off. I think a lot of people, that game will be very interesting. Iowa. No, South Dakota State being Providence to face Iowa. And then uh-huh. Iowa, would, that's a tough matchup for Iowa. But I think it'll be a good game to get them rolling before they take on Kansas, for sure. So what about you? Who do you see coming out of this one? I like Kansas. I mean, yeah. Um, yeah. I think Iowa is playing well right now. However, how long will it last? We'll see. Um, and I will, say, I will say just to add on to that with Iowa is – it's always hard when the team relies a lot on the three because if they go cold, they go cold. And I'm not saying Iowa will, but we've seen it in the past where teams rely all on the three and then all of a sudden it's like, oh, you're down by 15 and you're just hucking threes now. And sorry, that's just not a good recipe. So, yeah, continue on with yours, but it'll be a good um, match. I think Kansas has the veteran guards and the inside presence uh, with yeah. McCormick there to uh, take care of that. Um but I see them beating Wisconsin to go to the final four. So good. Good. I think a lot of Minnesota fans will like that, that you <laughs> had the, I mean, it's, yeah, even I if I thought Wisconsin like was going to make it to the final four, I, I can't pick it. I can't. Yeah. Yeah. I mean, you could pick them a few games here and there and maybe put them on sipping sports, Twitter, just so we get a few picks here and there, but I don't, I can't make maybe. it go that. That's just too much for me. Maybe. <laughs> But all right, do you want to pass it over to the east, the final region? Then we can kind of go through other matchups we like throughout the tourney. Yeah, let's do it. Um, let's see. I think 
Baylor being the one seed, it made sense based off of the um, the results of the other conference tournaments. I think everyone was waiting for Kentucky to potentially win the SEC championship and take that last one seed, but I think it works mm-hmm. out with Baylor and Kentucky both being in the same region that it, it works itself out. Um, one, yeah, they're kind of one interchangeable. One. Yeah, right. It's yep. like one and one A, like you always say. Yeah, one and one A. Yep, exactly. Um, I think I will be honest. I did not hear a lot about Marquette really the whole year, and they can't come in as a nine seed. Yeah, I think when we we heard a lot about them early because they started hot too, um, but this matchup with North Carolina, I just don't. It's kind of one I'll probably it'll be a good game but I'm staying away from that. So. Yep. I agree. Um, I think one thing to look at is the playing game, Wyoming, Indiana. If, if Indiana is able to win that game, I mean, we've seen it plenty of times before where the team that wins the playing game also wins that, that matchup against the, the five seed. I could definitely see that happening, especially Indiana coming off a, a good showing at the big 10 tournament. Um, and so beating St. Mary's, I think that's that's something that could definitely happen. Um, Texas is coming in off of not kind of skidding to the end, um, if you will. So I think Virginia Tech's going to be a pretty popular uh, upset pick for, for the first round. Um, and then I know we talked about it before, Murray State and San Francisco pitting the two the – two, uh, smaller programs against each other uh, for the right to most likely face Kentucky. So um, seeing, seeing that matchup is um, unfortunate, but only one team can go on. So um, what about you? Any, any teams or matchups? Yeah. I mean, I think, I think Baylor, I think Baylor's a pretty good team, but they've kind of, I wouldn't say been playing their best basketball going into the tournament, which doesn't usually affect the, the ones and twos. Usually they kind of figure it out. But I think Kentucky's a good team. They're always usually a young team. But I do think that San Francisco-Murray State will be very interesting. I think San Francisco's a good team. Mm-hmm. They obviously play in the same as Gonzaga and St. Mary's, same conference, but they can shoot it a little bit. Um, I'm surprised you didn't mention your favorite team, UCLA, there. I think – I think they'll unfortunately walk through my Akron zips pretty easily and uh, kind of go from there. And a lot of people forget UCLA was supposed to be, they were top five team to start the year. They were a lot of people's on a lot of people's radar to, to kind of walk through this year and be a number one seed. I know a lot of us have talked about that. So I think they're a very good team and they always usually show up around, around uh, this time of year. So, and I, I mean, I do agree with you on the last part of, Wyoming, Indiana. I think I'm kind of hoping Indiana wins because they're fun to watch too. They have uh, Trace Jackson Davis down low who kind of seems to just bully people and it's fun to watch and they gave Iowa a run for their money. So could they give St. Mary's too? I definitely believe and it'll be interesting. I just really hope that they kind of take it to them. So I do have, I will say for me personally, out of this bracket, this one, this side, I think Texas will lose early. I could see that for sure happening. And if going out on a limb, I think it could be UCLA versus Purdue to go to the final four. And I think I'd pick the Boilermakers probably, but it would be a toss up to be honest. I like watching UCLA play for sure. Yeah. Yeah. UCLA had a tough year. I mean, they had a COVID pause and they had a bunch of injuries that they had to deal with. So it seems like they're, they're healthy. I know that I put it out there into the Twitter world that they were my pick to win it all early. But- yeah before the season i made sure to put it before the season started do i think that's the case now they're not they're not where i thought they would be uh, at this point of the year however um they had a pretty good showing in the pac-12 tournament um losing to arizona which obviously is uh, one of the one seeds um so i think that they could make their run i i also have them going to the elite eight um, but I like Kentucky to, to go to the final four in this region. Um, I think their second round potential matchup with Murray state would be challenging. I mean, anytime you see a 30 in the wind column, 
I think there's only two teams in the whole in the whole field that that have the 30 wins in their win column, and that's Murray State and South Dakota State. So Murray State, they've they've won plenty of games this year. They know how to win, and so um, they won't be scared of of coming in and and playing their so-called big brother in in Kentucky. Um, but I think Kentucky's too talented and too skilled to um, to not make it far, and that's why I have them going to the Final Four. Yeah, I definitely agree with Kentucky. I think Kentucky always seems to have the best recruiting class, always these young studs that come in, and a lot of them usually go to the NBA or whatnot. But I do think it's something to be said with Murray State. They are they're grinders too, and they just said they see they don't really care about that you're Kentucky. They're going to play hard no matter what. So that will be definitely a very intriguing matchup. But I don't know. I think I think. Yeah, it did seem like they I mean, they were I think their conference tournament was the first one to finish. So it'll be yeah, interesting so had some to time see out. how that longer pause compared to everybody else will be uh, will, how it will how it will go. Yeah, no, 100%. And I think, I mean, we've kind of hinted on it too, but I don't know. I think UCLA will figure it out, but I do think Baylor, obviously, being the number one seed, I think they're pretty – I mean, they're obviously one of the elite teams out there too, and they have winning experience and a winning coach. So I just just hate to – hate to bet against them, but I think if UCLA can take them down, UCLA can beat anybody. Mm-hmm. And they've shown that even last year showing this. So, so what about uh, any picks that you think uh, could make it that are a little bit lower, let's say on the bracket, let's say about maybe six or less or five or less ranked five or less that could kind of make a push to the final four on any other bracket or any other regions, I guess. The final four um... or elite eight, I guess you could say elite eight, sweet 16, kind of just get past those first two rounds. Cause being that high, I guess on the number you have to, upset the quote-unquote upset a team right um i think well i'm i'm looking a lot at the the 13 seeds i know everybody makes a big deal about the 12 seeds specifically the last two years i believe the 13 seeds have actually been pretty successful against the four seeds um (laughs) And I could definitely see that being the case again this year. I mean, you got Vermont versus Arkansas. We've talked about Vermont. Um, I said that I liked Chattanooga, who was a 13 seed go against uh, the four seed Illinois. Uh, mm-hmm. South Dakota State, their 13 seed. We both said we liked them versus Providence. Then you got Akron, who had a pretty good showing in their conference tournament. So, um, I mean, the, the 13 seeds, I could definitely see um, having some success here. And then if mm-hmm. you look at the 12 seeds, that is where I don't see as many match uh, matchups that favor the 12 seed. I mean, you got Iowa coming in hot, you got Houston coming in hot. Um, and so I see St. Mary's is a good team. You yeah, absolutely. A good team. They're pretty good teams. Yeah. So, yeah. so the five seeds, I think will, will fare better almost than the four seeds. Um, mm-hmm. You heard it here first hot take. Um <laughs> But in terms of teams that that I could see um, getting past the first two rounds, maybe a little bit lower seeds, um, maybe Indiana beating UCLA. I don't want to say it, but um, they they could potentially get past. Um, I actually have North Carolina beating Baylor in the in the second round there, so um, that's a potential team that could get to the Sweet Sixteen um that's a little bit higher um that was in the east i think in the in the midwest more chalk um i like iowa um into the sweet 16 but um kansas and kansas Wisconsin. Is tough. yeah yeah so it's a tough team other than other than a few random um matchups that that get to the sweet 16 i think it will be a lot of um one two i like i like a lot of the three seed teams um to get to the elite eight um and then maybe a a five or a or a 13 seed getting to the sweet 16 and then losing losing before getting to the elite eight but um yeah not too many 
overall like much lower seeds getting getting deep into yeah. the final four. No, and I definitely agree with the um the 13 seeds. I mean, you look at these 13 seeds and all 13, all the all four of them won their conference. Granted, it wasn't a big conference, but it always happens that way. So yeah. you win your conference, you're doing something right. I mean, you're playing, you're doing something right, you're riding some momentum and like we've said, South Dakota State's been on our radar for a while. I will say the one thirteen I don't really love is Akron, just because UCLA is one of those teams I think that could dominate. But I will say when you look at the rest of the bracket, kind of like you said, I mean, I think Texas will go down early. I think they'll they'll potentially lose to Virginia Tech early. Um, North Carolina's a good team. Michigan State's a good team. Um, so, and I and like you said, back to the thirteenth. I mean, Vermont. We've talked about them a lot, but they're good. Mm-hmm. And Arkansas, they're they're very good too, but they've shown a lot of flaws. So I think there's just a lot of teams that could go. And then my one sleeper, I guess you could say that's a lower seed to go to go pretty far would have to. I mean, I was a five, so they're not necessarily a sleeper. But I think, like you said before, Memphis could beat could Memphis beat Gonzaga. I don't know. I think everyone wants to take down the number ones and especially the number one overall team in the whole bracket. That'd be pretty cool. It could happen. And mess a lot of people that mess a lot of brackets up. That's for sure. So, yep. I would be remiss to not mention my, my boys from Montana state, the Bobcats. Um, although I don't like their matchup with Texas tech. It's, it's tough. Not at all. It's a tough matchup. <laughs> However, they're coming in hot. Uh, I mean, they won their regular season conference championship. They won their their uh, their conference tournament to get in. So I'll be cheering for the Montana State Bobcats. Do I think they're gonna win? Probably not, but I'll be cheering my heart out for them. It's it's too bad that they don't. They're not the 14 seed on the Wisconsin side and could take down the Badgers right away. That'd be pretty cool. Then I'd really be but, cheering for them. I know there's that's the thing though there's a lot of teams in here you can kind of make a case for a lot of these teams and let's be honest every March all it comes down to is if you get hot absolutely if you're hot at the right time if you're playing well so that's what it's crazy it's exciting though all right David any final thoughts on the bracket no not really I mean I'm excited for excited for Thursday excited for this weekend first two rounds and then next week we'll chat more about sweet 16 and see kind of see how our how we fared and kind of go from there so it'll be exciting absolutely all right everybody well thanks for joining us first episode of sipping sports um follow us on twitter sip and sports it's where we tweet our daily picks yeah so that's where you can kind of see where we also do money lines over unders spreads you can kind of get the gist of it if you want to get familiar but We'll put out daily picks on that too. So, all right, y'all. Kind of our hope. So, I appreciate it. Peace. Peace.